Welcome to the Inside Southwest Florida Football Podcast. Presented by the News Press and Naples Daily News. One, two, three. And then there were two on the Inside Southwest Florida Podcast. This is Alex Martin from the Naples Daily News. I'm joined by Dustin D-Train Levy. I've really embraced that. That, that nickname that uh, our colleague, former colleague Adam Fisher, had given us. But um, the regular season is over. Playoffs have been decided. First-round matchups are intriguing for sure. Dustin, how was this past week? Uh, I, I know you were kind of caught in a little bit of a weird situation on Friday. The game I was planning to cover at Island Coast got canceled, and it's been rescheduled for this uh, Wednesday. I still got to talk to some coaches and uh, talk to you guys on Twitter Spaces uh, on Friday, which uh, turned out pretty well and I think is going to become a regular thing in the playoffs. That is something that we really enjoyed doing Friday night. And if you're hearing this on a Friday or um, a Wednesday when this podcast comes out on our website at news-press.com and naplesnews.com, um, we, we spent about 40 minutes uh, Friday night in the 11 o'clock hour you know, going over the, you know, the weekend review. Uh, we talked a lot about uh, about the matchups. We had some players come on, some coaches. So if uh, you want to, you know, be a part of that and maybe uh, ask us a question, uh, you know, feel free to join us at eleven fifteen on Friday night. But Dustin, let's get into it here. We had a lot of uh, matchups, you know, particularly CSN ECS episode number one. Just describe how that one went down. Yeah, that was one of the most intriguing, especially because we now know that they are going to be facing off this week in the first round of the playoffs. Yeah, so ECS built a 14-0 lead on two Quinn O'Brien touchdowns. CSN Community School came surging back. Matthew Wiley ended up going for three touchdowns, 214 yards, and they ended up winning by a field goal. Really incredible and a a huge sign that this game on Friday between them, uh, this rematch is, is going to be uh, just as competitive. I think it's worth noting that when this season started, I, I think a lot of us overlooked ECS a little bit. Um, maybe it just took them a while to get going, but they've been playing their best football in the past three weeks, and it's not even close. Made massive strides with you know O'Brien quarterbacking, who I think only had four incompletions to my knowledge. Um, you know, a really good day at the office for him. You know, you have Miles Graham, the son of, you know, Ernest Graham. It seems like it's the performance week by week is almost expected from him. He's made a lot of strides. He took a took a trip up to Louisville this weekend to check out their campus and whatnot. Miles Graham, for sure, I think we're going to see maybe in a maybe the summer, maybe in the fall, we're going to start seeing the D1 offers come out with him. Uh, next up, uh, I guess we can go to my game, Dunbar and Lehigh, the game of the week. I called it the game of the year, you know, the battle for the battle for Lee County. Dunbar escapes with this one 17-0. Um, but man, that that Lehigh defense in the first first half, it was, you know, it was only a 3 point, it was 3 nothing game at halftime. Then the Dunbar defense decided to uh, you know, load the box uh, and you know, really do a good job at stopping Richard Young, but overall, this is their first undefeated regular season program history. You know, since this school opened in 1949 and since it reopened in the early 2000s, Sammy Brown, who I had a chance to talk to after the game, was talking about how, you know, there are a lot of people out for this one out on uh, out on Lehigh's campus. You know, he talked about how important and how unique this was to see some of the former players witness this one. So take a listen. I told the guys, we're playing for a lot of, a lot of people that's bigger than us, that's older than us. I mean, those guys set the program straight. 
they gave us they gave us the foundation and we just wanted to continue that thing and we didn't want to let them down tonight so there was some guys up in here in wheelchairs and canes that that really wanted this ball game i mean a little better than a little bigger than us so we played for guys bigger than us we we got the win it was a hard fought battle uh those are my best friends over here i mean Number nine is excellent. I mean, they had a great team, so we were lucky tonight. And that was Dunbar coach Sammy Brown following Friday night's win. Uh, we're also going to stay with some audio. James Chaney, he was really impressed with the Lehigh defense. Um, Richard Young in this one was held to a season low, 86 yards on 21 carries by my tally. Broke off one 32-yard run in the first quarter. But he talked about how uh, you know how stingy that Dunbar defense was against you know his offensive line, which had been doing a great job. Dunbar did a hell of they got a hell of a defense. I mean, they stopped this cold in our tracks. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like they controlled the line of scrimmage. Uh, really, on offense, their offensive line did a hell of a job. Um, they stayed in their gaps and they stayed square, used their hands, man. And they, they you got I got to take my hats off to them, man. They, they played a hell of a defensive ball game. And uh, we just couldn't answer back on offense. You know, it seemed like we couldn't get a push. Um, you know, we completed some short, we completed some short passes, and uh, we just couldn't get our running game going. You know what I'm saying? So hats off to Dunbar, man. They, they earned that victory. And that was Lehigh head coach James Cheney. Uh, we, we could stick in Lee County, Dustin. We can uh, talk about a team that uh, you know was riding in a two seed, and then they dropped two spots in the RPI, and that's Bishop Vero. Uh, making a trip up to CCC, uh, 44-14 loss. It seems like the Vikings couldn't get anything going in this one. I think CCC was my pick uh, last week, but I never expected a running clock to be part of this game. Uh, that that was really surprising. Um, of course, Chris Graves had a 79-yard kickoff return for a touchdown. He's going to make a play, even if in Vareau's worst game. You know, maybe a good thing for Vareau that uh, they have a game like this heading into the playoffs, um, where they're going to be a, a favorite against Cardinal Moon. Yeah, without a question. That matchup was played earlier in the year. Mooney, I believe, took a 10-0 lead early in that game before Vero stormed back uh, to take a 28-17 win. Um, well, we could shift over to Collier County and kind of stay in the smaller classifications. Um, more One of the more interesting matchups, you don't really see it all that often, but St. John Newman squaring off against Immokalee, uh, going out to Gary Bates Stadium. Newman escapes with a 53-28 to win, and looked like Damon Jones said he wasn't sure if that, this was the final time he'd be addressing his team Friday night. Sure enough, they move on. They fall back into the playoff picture as a five-seed to take on Sefner Christian Dustin. Just some maybe uh, brief thoughts on that. Really important win. Yeah, they, they really weren't sure that this win would qualify them, but really important that they got that win. Connor Savanas had four rushing touchdowns. That'll help things. We can jump back up to Lee County here. South Fort Myers, 41. Riverdale, 28. More than the scoreboard. Nathan Castor, have a day, man. Well-deserved shout-out. Breaking J. Ron Curse's records, who is now a safety with the Dallas Cowboys. I believe he broke three records. And, you know, Nathan Castor will be in South Fort Myers lore for, you know, a good while running for... I believe 243 yards in that one. It's a you know a new career high for him. What do you think that does going forward, especially uh, you know for the Wolfpack in this week's playoff game? Yeah, you know that's a team that you know not every week are, are have they been scoring that many points. Caster had a game. Duncan Smith had a great game, 240 yards, three touchdowns as well. They really put it on Riverdale. I'm wondering. Uh, is it a red flag at all to you that you know they gave up 28 points to Riverdale? Part of me says yes, and part of me wants to say no. It just feels like one of those games where South knew they were in. They knew they were a comfortable five seed, 
and that they weren't going to drop. Maybe it was just Riverdale, you know, fighting for um, one last game. I wasn't there. Our colleague Azubi Charles happened to be at that game, but I, I am partially uh, a little worried, but I think South, um, you know, can get things done. I expect a defensive showdown when they head back to South Florida to take on Coconut Creek next week. We can go to the Black and Blue Bowl now. That was one heck of a game for the folks out in Cape Coral. The Seahawks beating Mariner 27-21 in overtime. But what does a win like that do for Cape Coral program that didn't hasn't really seen a lot of winning lately? It seems like these rivalry games are you know pretty big. Cape Coral obviously uh, didn't do so well in the district this year, but you know from what I've seen when I've seen that team, it is a lot of improvement over the course of the season and ending the year on a win uh, that that's really big for them. It was Damian Miranda who who got the the game winner. Uh, they were actually down twenty one to seven to Mariner in this quarterback Jack Janeway, who I believe is just a sophomore, had a couple touchdowns. Tyler Williams returned a kickoff for a touchdown, which really got the team back in it. So really big win for them, overtime win. That's going to be a rivalry for a little bit, and it, I believe it was their first time winning uh, since 2017 in this matchup. Mm-hmm. team we might touch on in the next segment, but we can we can hit it a little bit here, is uh, East Lee, 16 gateway nothing. Um, a huge turnaround for East Lee, getting three wins this year under first-year head coach P.J. Gibbs. Personally, I think that's you know big for the direction of the program. We've seen a lot of first-year head coaches that haven't had as much success. P.J. Gibbs uh, taking Golden Gate to the wire after you know getting stomped in the spring game against them. Lehigh wasn't much of a game, but they were fighting. And every t- team that you know played East Lee, what I saw is you know they're a tough, gritty football team. You know that's uh, huge to see with you know Gibbs and his new staff coming in and. Um, you know, bringing a different mindset and a different mentality to the East Leaf football program. Yeah, this was their first shutout in three years. They, they gave Coach Gibbs a Gatorade shower after the game. You know, this this team was very excited. Sometimes with a team with that has a history like this, there's kind of a cloud over them. I never saw that with the Jaguars this season. And, you know, going into next year, teams are going to have to have to factor that in and, and, you know, approach them a little bit differently. And that wraps up our Week 11 recap. In our next segment, we're going to talk about the regular season, some accolades in the second segment, so you're not going to want to miss it, so come back. Let's go! Keep up with the action every week by following our live Friday night scoreboard at naplesnews.com, news-press.com. And by downloading the Naples Daily News and News Press apps onto your mobile devices. Welcome back. We are so excited to get into all the fun playoff stuff. But let's let's put a bow on the regular season here. First of all, we have two teams that went undefeated in the regular season. That's really incredible. Naples and Dunbar. Alex, which of those teams had the more impressive undefeated regular season? When it comes to resume, uh, without question, it's Dunbar. You know, they played the tougher schedule. They're high up in the RPI for a reason. At times, they were a little sloppy, but nonetheless, they got it done. Um, In terms of meeting expectations, I think Naples did that with, you know, their schedule and whatnot. I think it goes without saying that they were expected to be here, be 9-0 at the end of the regular season. But both teams, you know, different paths of getting there. Dunbar taking a road less traveled with, you know, the really tough schedule. Naples just doing their thing and showing why, you know, they run Collier County. Yeah, I agree. And I'll, I'll let the spirit of Adam Fisher invoke me here and be a Naples homer <laughs> and say, you know, just look at the scores. 
from throughout the season, Dunbar really had to fight and scrap. And they had the tougher schedule. But, you know, if you look at a common opponent like South Fort Myers, Naples really laid it on them, even though that was a closer game than they've experienced uh, throughout the season. Really incredible that they're both have gotten to this point without losing a game. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, um, you know, maybe we could shift to the best first year coaches. I think, um, you know, Barry Bowman at Cape is uh, definitely a candidate. PJ Gibbs at Eastley. Heck, even Colin O'Brien at uh, Gateway made the record doesn't necessarily show it, but they had a, a freshman quarterback who, you know, had a pretty solid year in terms of passing yards. Perhaps that was because they may have been behind in some games, but you don't, not too often you see a freshman, uh, you know, take over. And I, I forgot about Richie Road in the process. First year there, and Joey Mendez. Uh, you know, this could not necessarily a wrong answer, Dustin. But um, you know, who do you think? Who do you think deserves the most credit here? Well, you have to talk about the playoff coaches, Joey Mendez and Richie Road. Obviously, in, in two different situations, maybe um, you know Richie Road with the the players he had. You know, you, you'd expect their record to be better, but obviously, you know that that team is something a threat in the postseason. Um, but Joey Mendez, we didn't necessarily expect them to be in the playoffs so they've done a great job adjusting but you know going back to what you said earlier about pj gibbs they're a team that you know is on the come up i think joey mendez deserves a lot of credit after richie left to take the job at Verroa, it's kind of a weird situation uh, to take you guys back real quick john mooring takes a job in savannah maybe a week or so before the spring game if i recall correctly it was a week to 10 days somewhere in that you know, in that time frame. Richie Road uh, coaches the Panthers in their spring game, which was a blowout loss to Naples. He decides to make the shift to Vero, something that we didn't really see coming because, uh, you know, he was at Fort Myers for the longest time. Um, you know, Fort Myers and Vero are big-time rivals. And then, um, you know, Joey Mendez was Richie's recommendation to be his successor. And, you know, Cypress lost their quarterback, J.D. Sherrod, to Briarcrest Christian in Tennessee. And Mason Stallhut and Trevante Watts, who both played with Road last year at Cypress, made the switch to Vero. And it seemed as if the Panthers, they had a lot of question marks. I think is the easy way to put it. They somehow made it into the playoffs. I think that was pretty big for you know for the Panthers program and uh, you know Joey Mendez is um, you know one for one in terms of uh, you know winning season and you know making the playoffs. Moving on, more accolades here. What well, what were the most memorable plays of the regular season in your mind? The one that just sticks out in my mind was that Alex Gonzalez catch uh, that Thursday night football game with Lehigh and Charlotte. He brought a ball back into play, and he got both feet down, um, down the left sideline. Um, Daryl Hodge bobbled the snap, and I think it was a third down, actually. You know, Gonzalez decided to bring the one back in, and I think that was one of the biggest plays I've seen. Uh, I, I don't want recency bias to kick in here. I know that Raynaud Smith one-hander is certainly in the conversation, but wh- what did you see uh, throughout this year? I mean, you saw a lot of football. I had a bunch that uh, came to mind. First off, let's start with the most important special teams. I saw a kicker hit a 51-yarder not once but twice, and it would have been good from 60, Brandon Bush with North Fort Myers. And also Deaglin Cameron recovering his own onside kick. That, that, was, that was something special. He's done that so many times. Cameron deserves a lot of credit. Uh, I think he's I think he's kicked four, recovered four onsides or three onside kicks. It's it, it's inc- insane to see. Uh, it happened in the, 
the uh, the Laley game as well, uh, the first game of the year when they didn't have Chris Graves at the time. Um, but a lot of good plays. I mean, what, what else? Is there anything else? I know you enhance on the special teams, maybe an yeah. AV, maybe that Avian Rice pick on Saturday. Well, I was going to point to the, the Dunbar safety play at the end of the South Fort Myers game. Yep. That, was, that was just incredible from Avian Rice and, and Jeremiah Livingston just denying South over and over and over again. And also another play, uh, the Dunbar-Fort Myers game when Barry White uh, fumbled the ball, caught it in stride and the ran for like an 80 yard touchdown that and that kind of swung the momentum of the game there but that yeah that was a, a particularly memorable one i remember uh, you were talking about that play when it happened and i mean rarely ever do you see a bounce you know happen like that um that was against fort myers if i recall yeah i remember sammy siriani was like you know that was one of the luckier bounces for sure but for you it's your first year down here a lot of good stadiums, a lot of quality stadiums. I know you haven't really gotten a taste of Collier County yet in terms of what they have to offer, but of the stadiums you've been to in person covering uh, a game, which atmosphere do you think was um, the best one this year? Obviously haven't been everywhere, and I'm excited to to get to everywhere uh, and, and see some more, but the one that stood out to me was Bishop Vero, just because for some reason that one really stood out as Florida to me. You got the palm trees, and then de- definitely what they have with the student section over there. It, it, they just get so loud and so hype, and you know, right next to the end zone. That, that was one that I really enjoyed covering. That that is definitely one of the better atmospheres for sure. But great video opportunities for us to include in, uh, you know, some of the stuff that we work on on our Instagram page, which is at News Press Sports. Vero is definitely a good one for me. Fort Myers gives you that stadium feel with the uh, with the you know the setting uh, towards the hospital there. Um, you know, Dunbar's got a great atmosphere to offer. Lehigh. Um, you know, does as well when you're on the sideline. I feel bad trying to pick one of these because so many were good. Right now, I'd probably just, I probably have to lean Fort Myers just because of the, you know, the tradition there. And, um, you know, just make, it makes you feel like you're in a huge, you know, it makes you feel like you're in a coliseum, quite frankly. But the last question for this segment, unsung heroes for this year, without a doubt, a lot of them. You know, Dustin, where where's your mind at on this one? And um, you know, who do, who do you think are a couple of these guys, guys that deserve recognition? A couple that came to mind. Uh, first, you know, just the way Astero won the district this year by, by like so many close games. They have that four-headed monster with Kirk Talley and, and Matthew Wilson and Jason DeClona. But the one who kind of sets it all off to me is Kendrick Agnor. Uh, a thousand plus yard rushing season with all of these terrific running backs in in southwest florida um he might be one that gets lost in the mix but incredible season for him and one that you know if he's not on that team i don't know if they're in this position without a doubt incredible season for the wildcats i'm gonna go to the defensive side of the ball on this one maybe not an unsung hero but someone that we didn't include in our midseason award winners and that was um tyree cunningham um you know if i had if i had a uh, a dollar for every time I heard his name on the PA from Nate Jackson Friday night against Dunbar. Um, I'd be making out quite nicely. Cunningham is just—he does it all at linebacker. He can, you know, he can make tackles in space. He can stunt and find an empty gap to the quarterback. He's done a lot for that Lehigh defense this year to kind of keep them in some games, especially that Dunbar game that could have been—I'll be quite frank—it could have been a lot uglier. That game could have been a lot more out of hand than what it was. Props to Tyree Cunningham. Um, you know, there are a lot of a lot of other linebackers, even Jeff Rinville from East Lee, mm-hmm. kind of doing both sides, playing both ways for P.J. Gibbs and company. He had a 100-tackle season, 
And you got uh, Quinn Hepler down at Gulf Coast, kind of a kind of flying under the radar as one of those linebackers who is leading the area as we speak. Uh, we'll we'll see if he gets overtaken this uh, this upcoming week by you know Cunningham or some others. One more uh, shout out I think is necessary with the two undefeated teams, the Naples and Dubbar offensive lines. I mean, those guys don't get enough love. One of my favorite quotes uh, over the course of the season was Sammy Brown saying, I could have run, no, meaning him, Sammy Brown, could have run through some of those holes. I don't think I personally could. That was a memorable line. Those guys have done a terrific job all year. Wait, Sammy Brown was talking about offense in an interview? (laughs) Yes, he was. you, You do not hear that often. Yeah, I mean, that goes to show how tremendously that offensive line has played all year opening holes for DeAndre McCutcheon, Barry White, and all those guys. Let's get into the playoffs. Great to see so many teams that made it this year. Let's start with Class 7A3, Lehigh. They will be hosting the 6-4 and Gaither team from Tampa. Alex, what should we think about that matchup? I think it's a huge, it's not necessarily Gaither, but it's huge that Armwood fell out of the playoff picture here they were looking like a really strong five seed but they had to forfeit three games Um, that pushed them out of the playoff picture this is a Gaither team that was kind of a beneficiary of that moving into a seven spot um, I view Lehigh here as a slight favorite although those Tampa teams especially in 7a district 10 I mean that that district's a gauntlet Um, if it wasn't for Armwood you know being required to forfeit the 7a 10 would have four teams and in the playoffs in that region you know Richard Young needs to get going and you know he's kind of the the cornerstone of the offense if you know if Richard's um, you know limited then the whole you know the whole offense is you know going to struggle we have uh, four teams from 6a region four uh, moving on Uh, the game I'm going to be covering is Dunbar Plantation the Tigers hosting that one that's going to be an interesting one that plantation being they beat Coconut Creek who is hosting Southport Myers this week. Yeah, and um, Plantation played a Dillard team very well. Um, it was an offensive shootout. Um, Dillard escapes 41-40, but this is a Dillard defense that has a five-star prospect in Nigel E. Kelly. This is a Dillard team that if it weren't for a blocked field goal in the, late in the fourth quarter, they might have had a win at uh, on the road over St. Thomas Aquinas. Plantation's one of those sleeper teams, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they give Dunbar a game, but you know, you gotta you gotta cover all those Dunbar athletes in space. Uh, you know, whether it's Anthony Benjamin, T.J. Abrams, uh, Avian Rice, Sean Russ, um, you gotta be able to tackle them. You know, that's something that Lehigh kind of struggled with, especially with Benjamin Friday night. Another undefeated team, Naples, going to be playing host to Charlotte, who is five and four, but so many close games that didn't go their way. They could have a much better record. I I like that Charlotte defense. Don't know if they could score to keep up with Naples, but that that should be an interesting one. A lot of a lot of guys play both ways for the Tarpons, and uh, you know three three one score losses this year. One to Sarasota Riverview, one to Lehigh, and one to Fort Myers. Game probably against Fort Myers, they they should have won. Um, if it wasn't for a pair of blocked field goals by the Greeny defense. Don't overlook the Tarpons here. It's going to be um, limited possessions, I would imagine, for sure, with both teams liking to you know, chew up a lot of clock and embrace the run game, embrace the ground game. You know, Naples is, they got guys on defense that only play that only play defense. Um, so, you know, Naples will be fresher on that front. You know, you have guys for Charlotte like Troy McClary, Chris McNeely, Connor Trim, who kind of go both ways. Um, it'll be worth watching to see if Charlotte uh, can play with Naples for four quarters. That's something that, you know, most teams aren't able to do in this area. 
Now we have those uh, two teams going on the road in that region. South Fort Myers going to Coconut Creek. You're pretty high on uh, the Wolfpack in this one. I am because, um, you know, just from an RPI perspective, Coconut Creek is, is, uh, you know, relatively further down than the Wolfpack. Uh, South Fort Myers, remember, their only two losses are to the two undefeated teams in the area um, in Dunbar and Naples. So, um, you know, it's Willis May's return to Broward County. He used to be the coach at Stillman Douglas. Um, so definitely maybe some emotions there going back to his old stomping grounds, so to speak. You know, Coconut Creek has a, you know, has one power five prospect, defensive back Travell Mullen. If you recall the last name, you might remember uh, Trayvon Mullen, who, you know, played at Clemson, who I believe is now with the Raiders in the NFL or... Yeah, he is with the Raiders. You get those Clemson corners mixed up. I was thinking of uh, A.J. Terrell with Atlanta. You know, it'll be uh, one of those games where, you know, Duncan Smith's got to continue making the right decisions, make the right reads. Um, You know, the O-line's going to have to execute. I imagine South's going to try and stay away from the the air attack in this one to stay away from Travell Mullen. But um, I, I view the Wolfpack as, you know, ever so slight favorites here. Then we got Fort Myers, whose game last week uh, against Sebring, which was kind of win and you're in, was canceled, which, you know, maybe let them off the hook because they weren't looking so hot, uh, you know, in the loss to North Fort Myers. Tell me about Miami Northwestern and what to expect from the Greenies there. If Fort Myers could clone Greg Delane four times, I think that they'd have a chance here. Um, but th- this Miami Northwestern air attack, um, it's you know it's essentially two to one in terms of yardage, over 2,300 yards in the air, somewhere around 11 to 1,200 yards on the ground for the Bulls. They got five guys who can make you pay. Um, Andy Jean being the primary uh, receiver for them, who's got offers from you know Georgia and LSU, and they got multiple guys that running back can catch out of the backfield. Who's five foot six, Jamari Ford just tackling them and trying to, you know, limit the big play, um, I think is what's going to be huge here. Um, Northwestern lives off the big play. You got a lot of speed. Not going to say expect a long night for the Greenies, but, you know, it, it certainly looks like it could get that way early. Moving down to 5A, Estero, uh, the district champions, are going to be hosting Stranahan. Cypress Lake is traveling to Miami Killian. Do you think either of these teams have a shot, Alex? It, it's 5A, but if it wasn't for Estero winning a district championship, they'd be looking at like a 7 or an 8 seed here. Um, Stranahan is just that good. They got FSU commit Omar Graham on the defensive line, who also runs the ball. He, he'll make you pay on both sides. Um, Stranahan's a team that's played a pretty pretty tough schedule. I believe they played three state champions off the top of my head this year. Um, and Chaminade Madonna, I think they played Champagnat, and they also played um, Cardinal Gibbons. This is just a thing where, you know, South Florida, it's, you know, South Florida against Southwest Florida, essentially. You know, Stranahan's definitely the better team despite the record. Um, so Estero's going to have to brace the home field advantage, and maybe another fourth quarter comeback will uh, be in store for this one. But um, also Cypress, Miami Killian's no joke. Cypress is going to have to play lights out defense to stay in this one and you know not turn the ball over and give Killian any short fields. Yeah, that Killian team is uh, undefeated 10-0 this year. We have a rematch in Class 3A. That is Bishop Rowe hosting Cardinal Mooney. Cardinal Mooney has the better record here. Um, and it's to beat the same team twice in the same season. What do you think is going to happen here? This was a Mooney team that was up 10 nothing uh, early in that one. Um, second half adjustments were key to Vero, uh, but Mooney held uh, Chris Graves to two catches for nine yards. Doing that twice, it, it's really tough. I don't know if they can do it, but if they put three guys on him like they did uh, in the first time, 
then then they'll get it done. But that opens up a lot of uh, you know more opportunities for guys like Timmy Lawson, Trevante Watts, Mason Stallhut, and even Carter Smith running the football. You know that's where the game's going to come down to. And if you know if Richie Road and company can make some you know adjustments early on, if they have more wrinkles this week, uh, maybe more trick plays uh, they've had uh, up their sleeve, thinking that you know they might see Mooney again, then. Uh, that'll definitely be a, a game worth watching. And then down in 2A, First Baptist gets a bye. They are 8-1 and one on the season. Uh, they will play the winner of Sefner Christian and St. John Newman. Uh, St. John Newman is going to be on the road for this one. That could be pretty competitive. Five versus four game. Newman has, has uh, you know, laid a couple eggs, I guess, uh, you know, midway through the season, uh, only putting up 17 against ECS and 13 against the CSN team. That's pretty uh you know solid that was a pretty close game throughout earlier in the year newman's going on the road and you know it seems like you know they're gonna have to embrace the road warrior mentality just stay in things and you know a matchup we actually didn't see this year a potential second round matchup fba and newman that would kind of kind of be unique to see with the two different styles uh for sure you got the spread and then you got the uh you got you know you got the ground and pound with uh, St. John Newman. Yeah, and Connor Serena's coming off a great four touchdown game. Uh, then of course the rematch, CSN. Uh, they're going to be the one hosting ECS this time. Does that change anything? Do they are they too much of an overdog now? As you said, beating the same team twice mm-hmm. is very hard. I, I just like the coaching staff more at CSN to make the necessary adjustments. You got Eugene Chung. You got a, a guy who's won a Super Bowl ring on your coaching staff. And you got Paul Selvideo who used to play at FSU. You got Ernest Graham on the other side who played in the NFL. It's going to be one of those games. I think it'll be a. I think it'll be a chess match. I think it'll be a lot of different things being thrown at both offenses and you know both defenses. But CSM being at home is definitely going to help them playing on their home turf. We'll see if ECS can uh, vanquish them this time around. And there you have it. Coming up after this break, we're going to make some picks in these games. For more in-depth analysis of high school football in Lee and Collier County each week. Go to NaplesNews.com and News-Press.com. Let's just do it, okay? Follow us on Instagram at News Press Sports and NDN Prep Zone. we go! It is Picks Time Playoff Edition where we have 10 games, 11 if you count the Wednesday game against Island Coast and Ida Baker, which we picked last week. So that game will roll over into this week's picks um we can start with the returning champion dustin levy went a perfect eight and zero on the picks last week picking newman cape coral south ccc csn palmetto ridge gulf coast and dunbar while yours truly went seven and one because he picked lehigh um so we got a lot of good matchups here we could start in that 7a region tampa gaither making a a two-hour trip down to lehigh um where do you see this one going yeah you know the lightning rebounded uh really well from their first loss this season to riverview and i I think it's going to be the same here uh and they they went on a pretty big tear after that loss so i think the dunbar loss might be good for them in the end i think that offense is gonna get going put some points on the board and and that defense as it has all year is gonna gonna shut them down if history repeats itself, that means Lehigh will storm through the playoffs with uh, four shutouts, and you know they'll be going to a state championship game. Um, 
I don't necessarily think that's the case, but I do think Lehigh will rebound nicely here against Gaither. Um, James Cheney's team performed well after the loss last time around against Riverview. I expect much of the same here. Um, next up, going to the 6A region, we're going to count it down from 7 to 2. Um, Plantation at Dunbar. Um, you got a Colonels team that is, um, you know, played a tough South Florida schedule. Um, going to this side to take on a Dunbar team that's played, you know, the best teams in the area. Um, where do you think this one's, uh, you know, trending? Something uh, interesting about Dunbar, maybe uh, unless there's a game I'm forgetting, they haven't traveled very far, and they haven't had a team that has traveled far to play them. Uh, so that's just an interesting element because they've been familiar with all the teams they've played, even though they play tough teams. So that's a factor coming into the game. But, you know, Tigers are undefeated. I think they're going to stay undefeated after this game. Yeah, I, is Cape Coral their longest bus driver? Is Lehigh their longest drive in traffic? It's I mean, they, they've only been on... I mean, their longest bus ride's got to be 20, 25 minutes. So they, you know, and they played at home a lot this year. So they're familiar with that environment. The playoffs are going to go through Dunbar and 6A4. Um, I'm also going to take the Tigers, although I did mention in our Twitter spaces last Friday, I do think Plantation might give them a game, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially after that Dillard matchup where even a lot of the folks on the other side, uh, I'm good friends with Adam Lichtenstein at the Sun Sentinel. Um, he, he didn't expect that to be as close as it was. He expected Plantation to, you know, get stomped on against that, that Dillard defense, which hasn't allowed a lot of points at all this year. Um, but next up, we'll go to Charlotte and Naples, two running offenses, two similar styles. Um, I'll start here. I think Naples will get it done just because, um, you know, Charlotte's limited in terms of, uh, you know, playing guys on offense and defense. A lot of guys go both ways. Um, don't be surprised if this is a decent game in the first half, but, you know, second half, Rick Martin and company will make the necessary adjustments to pull away here. Yeah, I like Naples as well. Uh, But, you know, watch out for Charlotte. Um, You know, they have guys going both ways, but that team has size. You know, they they have big, big, strong guys. They do. Uh, So I I do agree with your assessment that, you know, they could could hang in this one for a little bit. Without a doubt. And, um, you know, staying in the region, we're going to pick the four versus five game. South Fort Myers heading to Coconut Creek here to take on the Cougars. Um, Dustin... Can South get a rematch with Dunbar? I, I just, you know, it, it just has felt like that was going to happen. And this is the game that South has to win to get to that point. Dunbar has to win their game, too. I like South to uh, take this game on the road. Uh, they're just in good form right now. The defense playing well. The offense putting up uh, historic numbers. Uh, so I, I think uh, they, they seem in a good place. Yeah, and, um, you know, Coconut Creek... Uh, you know, district champion, um, had their best season in program history, allowed 101 points on the year with their losses coming to Stoneman Douglas and Western. You know, they get a 31-27 win this past week over Monarch, who is a team with a, you know, a 4-4 four and four record. So not the, not the best, um, but I think South is just a you know, they'll be more prepared for this game. I think Willis Mays, you know, connections or you know, in South Florida will help the team in terms of preparation, in terms of film, uh, knowing what to expect, knowing the mindset down in those types of environments in Lauderdale. Um, I'm going to pick the Wolfpack to get this one done, although, you know, Coconut Creek's got a, you know, a fairly impressive resume for sure. Next up, Fort Myers headed to Traz Powell 
to take on um, who we, who I personally believe is going to get out of the region, uh, Northwestern, um, Fort Myers. Um, you know, just where, where do you see uh, you know this game going? They played a, a a Dillard team as a heavy underdog two years ago uh, down to the wire in a one touchdown game. Yeah, I, I think you just revealed who who you think is winning it. <laughs> Spoiler, uh, but uh, yeah, I, I'm taking. Northwestern as well, uh, just because one of the things I learned when uh, I'm still new here, but uh, when I came down here is that uh, you know the Lee County teams went, or the Southwest Florida teams when they go down to Miami, they don't typically fare well. So uh, I think it could be the end of the greenie season. Yeah, that is a uh, you know a nugget that I you know that I've had uh, you know kind of on tabs for a little while. Southwest Florida teams against teams from Palm Beach, Broward, and Miami Dade are 29 and 73 all time in the playoffs. Um, that is hovering around 30. Um, percent I do not think the Greenies' season is going to continue here. I just think Northwestern's depth and their speed is too much. But doesn't mean I can't be swayed. Um, if Northwestern has a has a poor showing here against Fort Myers, I might might pick Naples next week. Um, you know, this score this score is really gonna you know indicate where I think the game's gonna go um, for next week's contest, which would be Northwestern Naples three um, in the past four years. Um, next up, we're going down to five A. You got Stranahan also from Lauderdale coming over to take on the Estero Wildcats. The Wildcats. Um, you know, I've done a really, you know, good job at turning the program around. Darren Nelson deserves a lot of recognition for that. Um, can they keep their playoff hopes alive here? Well, I, I'd just like to point out when our, our boss sent out an email with uh, all the games, he, he had the, the team as Strahan. <laughs> so I don't know if Michael Strahan uh, on his own could beat a Sarah, uh, but I think Stranahan uh, will get that win. Uh, you know, the, the Estero team, uh, despite all their heroics this season, that defense ha- has not... Uh, it's not been great uh, to the point that you know Coach Nelson was willing to you know you know let a team score on them to put their offense on the field. Yeah, without a question, I think RPI matters a lot here in terms of you know opponent win percentage. Stranahan is um, you know sitting around a 519 opponent win percentage, while Estero has a .349 opponent win percentage. I think that's telling. Um, I'm going to take Stranahan to get a big road win here. Um, you know they'll get. Um, you know, good chance they'll get Miami Killian um, in the next game. But uh, we could pick that one. Uh, Killian hosting at uh, Tropical Park down in South Miami, taking on Cypress Lake. Um, you know, What do you expect from this one, and can Cypress Lake hang around? Yeah, I'm not sure. I think uh, both 5A teams are, are going to go down. We talked about that 5A uh that 5A district being uh, open this year. And it's because, uh, you know, one team didn't really rise to the top. Estero obviously uh, played clutch uh, to get there, uh, and they beat out Cypress Lake. So I like Killian in this one. I do as well. That 5A region is just too tough. You got Killian, you got Miami Central, who I think wins 5A, and you got American Heritage, um, three very talented teams with Power 5 prospects across the board. But I think Killian is going to take on Stranahan in that second-round matchup. Um, a rematch, the first of two, uh, Cardinal Mooney coming back down to Vero. We talked about how hard it is to beat a team twice. I will go first, and I will say Mooney escapes with a road win. Um, I think there's a lot of film to break down from that CCC game for, for Vero. I think Mooney, I imagine they'll find a way to you know get their hands on that. Um, a 30-point loss to close the year is always not good. That's you know, that in terms of momentum, that's not where you want to be. So I'm going to take the Cougars here. 
Um, one of the few you know games that I'm not necessarily confident. I could still see this as a pick 'em, but I, I just I just like the direction of which Mooney's heading. Yeah, you you talk about uh, playing the same team twice. For me, it's you know when a team has has to beat a team three times in a row, and Vero beat Cardinal Mooney last year as well, and it, it wasn't super close, I don't think. Uh, so that that's kind of a red flag to me that Vero could be in for a letdown, but just. You know, the scores of those games, if they were really close, maybe I'd take Mooney, but they haven't really been all that close. Uh, Vero has been able to kind of build momentum and, and run away with those games. So I like the Vikings to win this one. So sounds like you might gain a game on me. Well, we'll uh, lose one. Maybe. We'll see. Uh, two games left. We're going to go with Newman and Sefner Christian. First winner gets FBA on the road. Um can St. John Newman, you know, pull this one off and actually, you know, take on the Lions? Sure. I, I'm, I'm going to hope for it uh, or, you know, in the way I can just because, uh, you know, it'd be really cool to see Newman and, and First Baptist go against each other. So maybe not nothing based on analysis or anything, but just uh, because, you know, that would be a cool matchup to see. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going. I'm I'm going opposite of you uh, this time. I'm going to take Sefner Christian. Um, that Newman team is. I'm not saying allowing 28 points to Immokalee's, You know, n- good or not bad or sorry, not good. Um, but I, I just think Sefner just has too much. Um, you know, for Newman and I think. You know, they'll be the four seed uh, in this one, and I think they're going to, you know, they're a four seed for a reason. Opponent win percentage is higher. Um, opponents, opponents win percentage is higher. They played a tougher schedule. Um, I'm going to take Sefner Christian here. And our last game, uh, we don't necessarily have a game of the week, but I mean, this one sure qualifies. Uh, CSN hosting ECS uh, round two. They played last week. Um, this is, you don't see this predicament too often, um, where, you know, teams play each other back to back. Um, how do you think that plays a, you know, how do you think that plays a role in things and who you got, obviously? Yeah, these teams are absolutely going to be familiar with each other. Uh, that's going to be an exciting one. Greg Hardwig is going to have all the great coverage there. Oh, this is really tough to call, but I think the fact that Matthew Wiley ran wild against the Sentinels uh, makes me kind of swing in community schools' favor here. I'm wondering if ECS is still kind of trying to digest last week's game, even though you know they're going to see him again this week. And you know the bulletin board material is very easy um, to say the least. Um, you know it seems like they had him on they you know they had him on the ropes. Uh, if it wasn't for a you know a fumble that turned into a touchdown in the next play, it sounded like UCS was going to win the game outright at home and maybe overtake CSN for uh, in terms of seeding purposes. But um, you know I think CSN's a good enough team to make the necessary adjustments. Um, I'm going to take the Seahawks. If you want to hear our analysis, uh, you know, immediately after the games Friday night, be sure to join us for Twitter Spaces. Um, we'll be promoting it throughout the throughout Friday afternoon on Twitter. Um, we'll be going around eleven fifteen. Uh, you know, last one took us around uh, you know eleven forty five. You know, around midnight. So you know, a lot of uh, a lot of conversations, a lot of healthy discussion. Um, join us for that, and you know, be sure to follow us at News Press Sports on Instagram and NDN Prep Zone. You can follow me on Twitter at NP underscore Alex Martin, and you can follow Dustin at Dustin B Levy. Dustin, any final thoughts before we, uh, you know, before uh, you know, Friday night? 
No, I'm just really looking forward to uh, my first playoffs here in Southwest Florida. Awesome. That'll do it. You know, we'll be back next week breaking down a lot of playoff matches. So take care. Thanks for listening. Remember, the Inside Southwest Florida football podcast will be available for download every Wednesday at noon to get you ready for upcoming games.